Your style is unorthodox, but effective. It is not the art, but the combat that you enjoy. Man, you come right out of a comic book. You are now, now listening, listening to Black, Black Comics, Comics Chat. Chat. Black, Black, Black Comics Chat. We are live on Black Comics Chat. Black Comics Chat. Black Comics Chat. We are live on Black Comics Chat. Black Comics Chat. Shannon, CG, Lauren, and Mel form the Nerds of Prey. A group of ladies bonded by comics, gaming, film, television, and fandom culture. Hang out with them bi-weekly as they dig into the very things that make them loud and proud nerds. Available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. Also, check out their Patreon at patreon.com backslash nerds of prey. Hi, this is Anthony Rutgazer. I'm the writer of The First Hero and Heroes of Homeroom C, and you are listening to Black Comics Chat. Hello, hello, one, two, one, two. This is Marcus, and we are back for the, the first Black Comics Chat of 2018, you know, ringing in the new year. And, you know, actually, we're ringing in the new year the same way that we did last year in 2017, because our first show of 2017 was also about the Black Comic Book Festival, which will be happening this weekend at the Schomburg Center in uh in in new york so we uh we're here to tell you all about it and uh you know last last time we were on it was uh i think it was myself uh thelonious and leo we were all speaking to jerry craft and uh this time we got we got myself uh tony tony snark newest newest member of the red lion and we've got grace joining us so you know and, and we're also blessed to speak to jerry but i'm gonna do the proper black comics chat introductions <laughs> and uh, you know, because you know, I can't, you know, I, I can't skip that. So, we got got to kick 2018 off right. So we've got uh, joining us as always the the international lady of mystery, the Carmen San Diego <laughs> of the crew, and the Lord G Rockin' number one. We've got Grace in the house. Yes, fresh off of the award tour, we oh, gotta get yes. that theme music. Yep, gotta yep. get that theme music. Absolutely. <laughs> it is uh, truly a Absolutely. pleasure to be on the chat. And uh, definitely very excited to talk about um, the upcoming festival. And, um, yeah, just some good times and ready to dig in. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know if I want to spoil the surprise, but uh, I, I think you'll be, be participating in the festivities. I, I will be in the building, yes. Yeah. You know, so yes. all the New York folks, you know, uh, that I've chatted with on Twitter and everything, or just folks that I chat with on Twitter all the time, I get to, like, finally meet people now. So <laughs> uh, I'm super excited about that as well. And so just to be in the building is going to be an extra bonus. So, yeah. Yeah, most definitely. And also, you know, uh, we got we got the Red Lion, uh, you know, Darth Tonito himself in the house. But he he, he is also going to be in attendance uh, this weekend for the festival. So, um, yeah, we got we got we got the Black Comic Festival and the Black Comic Chat crew overlapping. You know, that's right. Week. That's right. Happy New Year, everyone. Yeah, happy new year, man. I'm going to kick it over to our special guest tonight. You know, you heard him last year on our um, Black Comic Book Festival episode. 
Um, and, you know, we're, we're very happy to have him back and we're going to, you know, catch up with him, see what's been going on and what we can look forward to this weekend. So we've got the creator of Mama's Boys and just uh, an all around cool dude. We got Jerry Kraft in the house. How are you, Jerry? Hey, hey, guys. Thanks for having me. And thanks for letting me be the first show of the new year. I appreciate that. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's getting, getting to be a tradition, you know. Nice. I like that tradition. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So. Yeah, let's, um, you know, as always, we're going to start off with intros and origins. Um, you know, I know some of our listeners may have heard you last year and, and, and heard your origin story. But, um, you know, let's just uh, give, give us a brief, brief origin story about you and what you do and what's new with you since the last time we spoke. Okay, well, unfortunately, not as exciting as being bitten by a radioactive spider or anything like that. But... Uh, <laughs> The Jerry Craft origin story, in a nutshell, is a reluctant reader growing up in Washington Heights, New York. Always loved to draw, always loved comics. Um, wanted to be a cartoonist when I got older, and my parents were more like, hey, you are not living in our basement until you are 50, so you need to go to a real school and not an art school. So I ended up going to... Um, a high school, uh, Fieldston, in, in the Bronx that had nothing to do with art, for the most part. Um, and then always just kept the, the drawing up. And then when I was old enough to make my own decision, when it came time to go to college, I chose the School of Visual Arts. And then got, you know, little jobs here and there, went into advertising, uh, you know, came up with Mama's Boys while I was, um, you know, kind of bounced around between different jobs and then got a job with a woman named Barbara Slate doing backgrounds for uh, comic books that she wrote and drew, like New Kids on the Block and Sweet 16, which is a, a girl's life for Marvel. Um, and then got a job at King Feature Syndicate where I got Mama's Boys syndicated weekly by them. And then... The progression was learning how to publish my own books because I couldn't find a traditional publisher who was interested in publishing uh, my stuff. So published uh, my first book in 1997. Uh, Grace, I think you were three years old about then. Right? <laughs> Let's see. No, actually, I was a little older. I was a little older. Three and a <laughs> half, four. Okay. I was in my teens. I was in my teens then. Okay. Well, I, then you, you could have got my first book. There you and go. then um, from there, you know, but I always had like my my day jobs and um, then that started getting more popular. And then one day I looked up and it was 2007 and I was like, holy crap, my book is 10 years old. I've wow. not done anything new. And then I made it my um, goal to start publishing a new book at least once every other year. So I did another in, so I did tw 2007 and then 2009, 2011, and then last year I, I brought it into color. So I did my first Mama's Boys graphic novel in full color. And um, that's all the non-black comic book festival stuff. And then, yeah. Okay. All right. Cool, cool. So, um, yeah, I, and for, for anyone who, who hasn't read Mama's Boys, can you just, you know, give us a, a brief description of it? Yeah, it's it's a mom raising her two teenage sons, and the mom uh, owns a bookstore, and the kids hate to read. 
Uh, mom likes to cook healthy. The kids eat, you know, a lot of junk, basically. Um, and, and it's sort of a generational thing, but it is, um, it's family humor, but I try to put as many lessons in it. And, um, you know, one, one of my favorite compliments ever was I met, uh, Dwayne McDuffie at, uh, like a black expo one time. And he was like, yeah, you know, it's, it's a, as hard as you can get while being a friendly family story uh not hard pointed right and Mm -hmm. uh i was like oh well very cool because i I do try to to kind of teach uh and you know educate people about health nutrition reading uh you know different things like that while still being humorous yeah well that that, that's high praise too coming from Dwayne. absolutely yeah that's that's yeah yeah. yeah, definitely not something that every every cartoonist uh, can can say they they have in their backstory. Well, the funniest thing is, I met him, and I was wearing uh, my mama's boy sweatshirt, and he came up to me and he was like, "Dude, where'd you get that shirt from?" <laughs> I said, "This is my work." He said, "Oh my god, I just bought that book." Um, at Incurable Bookstore, which is the store that um, Talib Kweli right. uh, right, and Aaron right. Sims, that's where I first met them. And we started talking about it, and I had no idea who he was. And afterwards, you know, we get ready to, to part, and I said, oh, yeah, you know, cool guy, what, what's your name? He goes, oh, I'm Dwayne McDuffie. And I almost <laughs> you know, lost wow. all bodily <laughs> And I was like, holy crap. And then we just ended up being friends after that. Uh, so that was really cool. Well, and uh, what year was this? Oh, man. Uh, boy, I would say probably two, 2000. Yeah, say about, probably around 2000, something like that. Okay. Yeah, comics are interesting. I mean, I guess maybe less so now that everyone's online. But, um, you know, like back in the days, you didn't necessarily know what your favorite creators looked like. You know what I'm saying? You, you oh, absolutely. Literally bump absolutely. into them. Absolutely. Walk by them on the street. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that that was kind of a cool thing. Because I, I always liked that. I never wanted to be, you know, like a Michael Jordan where you can't walk down the street. You know, right. but I definitely <laughs> like people to know my work. Um, but then I can function where I can just kind of be a fly on the wall and sit and watch a kid reading one of my books and watch their uh, response without them knowing that it's me. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely, man. That, that's what it is. And, you know, I mean, I think that success is more important than fame, too, in that regard. Yeah, but, yep. So, yeah, so you mentioned that, you know, that that's the, the update as far as Jerry is concerned. So let's... Let's get into the festival. Um, you know, like, for I guess first off, let let let's um let the people know about the the festival in a in a broad view, and then we'll really kind of you know dig in and get into what's going on this year. Okay, so it's the sixth annual um, Schomburg Black Comic Book Festival. Uh, the first one we had at the Schomburg in 2012. Um, Turtel only and myself had kind of talked about having like a National Black Comic Book Day that was back in his living room in 2010. 
uh, Turtel was out of Chicago. I was out there to do one of the Black Arts Fest. And we agreed that we would do something um, in February for Black History Month. And uh, so we did. We had, uh, I had an event at Human Bookstore in New York, in Harlem. And he had an event in um, Chicago, I think at the du DuSable Museum. And then I believe Reggie Hudlin had uh, something at a comic shop in Los Angeles. Um, and Joseph Wheeler had something in Atlanta. So it was pretty cool. So we did that for two years. And then um, Hugh Mann uh, shut their doors. So we had no home. So we had this great event, you know, had, had about 100 people, which, you know, they were expecting like 20 people. So they were blown away. And um, we needed a, a new home. So somehow I got introduced to someone at the Schomburg. And simultaneously, uh, Professor Jonathan Gales uh, had approached the Schomburg about uh, doing a festival with like scholarly plan uh, panels uh, to kind of, um, you know, contextualize black comics. Um, and he, he started putting something together um, and then, uh, Professor John Jennings was doing an exhibit called the Black Kirby exhibit. Um, so he was trying to get something together there as well. And I believe John Gales brought him in. And then we all ended up speaking to Deirdre Holman, who was working at the Schomburg. And instead of, she's like, look, there's no way we can have all these events, but you know, why don't you guys partner up? So that's what we did. We kind of Voltroned up and combined all of our smaller venues into this one big uh, super soldier of an event and uh, kicked it off in um, 2012. And since then, I think we've had probably about 40,000 fans come through the doors and we've ex had to expand it to two days because, uh, it used to just be on Saturday, and then that grew like exponentially. So we were like, okay, we need to open this to two days, and uh, so everyone can kind of share the love and get in, and you know that kind of thing. But I know last time when we spoke, you had mentioned that you know one of the the central you know themes or maybe mantras of what you do with the Black Comic Book Festival is this idea of you know a rising tide lifting all boats, and the idea that you know, as black creators, we're not, you know, we don't have to be in competition. And right. um, it's kind of cool because even just hearing you tell the story of how things kind of naturally came together, um, you know, with this arrangement at the Schomburg, it seems like like that was a part of the essence of it from, from the beginning, you know, because it's like... Oh, yeah. Yep. Plus, yeah, because, I mean, we, we could have definitely kind of blocked each other. Like, Jonathan Gale did not have to bring in John Jennings and, or they could have said, Hey, well, we'll do it, but we don't want Jerry Kraft involved, you know, that kind of thing. And I think you see a lot of that stuff just throughout society. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, one thing kind of leads another and then these smaller things get eaten up, uh, by other events or people just decide not to do it. Um, you know, so it's that, that other proverb, you know, if you want to travel fast, go alone. But if you want to travel far, go together, you know. Mm -hmm. And so we we pulled up. And then that's what we've been trying to do, you know, because there's a lot of stuff that's going on in our minds 
with how we're conditioned that people just do not appreciate the the gravity of the situation and how easy it is to tear people down and not support. So that really has been our mantra is to just kind of school everyone into like, look, we need to grow our industry as opposed to growing these individual things. And then once the industry is big, then there's room for everybody and we don't have to fight over crumbs. And kind of like to add on to what Marcus was saying, like the timing seemed to also work out as well too, because, you know, had everything been like individualized, you know, uh, maybe coming together of everything like it is now might would have not happened or would have happened later. So that, you know, it's like being able to capitalize on the timing and it, you know, organically happening the way that it did. Um, You get to, you know, get everything and, you know, the enjoy the moments and the sharing and all of that with it. Right. And also, you know, we, we all uh, are working artists and working professors and stuff like that. So, it is really helpful that if I get overwhelmed because I'm on a book deadline that, you know, John Jennings can step in and take the load or Deirdre or John Gales, um, as opposed to us trying to do everything for ourselves. And then that's when, you know, you don't grow, uh, you don't let things get better. uh, You start dropping the ball with stuff. So it's been about as good a working relationship uh, with these guys as I, you know, as I can remember ever having. So that, that's been a, a definite plus. And with the festival being kind of like in its sixth year, um, is it kind of like a surprise? And when I say surprise, like the uh, the growth and where it, where it was when it first started to where it is today, like, I guess, how would you describe, you know, with each year that passes? Yeah, you know, like the first year um, when people like, you know, my buddies over at Ekbok, uh, Yumi Odom and people like that were like, hey, well, should we get a table? I was nervous because I didn't want anyone coming from another state and, or having to stay over or something. Um, and then there'd be like 15 people there, you know, and then they'd right. be looking at me like, hey, man, I just wasted a bunch of of time or someone like David Walker to like fly in, you know, I was mm-hmm. not confident that we would, you know, be big enough to, to justify the, his cost and expense. And then, you know, he'd be moving in with, in my house talking about, Hey, I can't pay my rent. Cause you know, <laughs> <laughs> I bought an airfare and hotel, you know? Um, so I was very cautious to try to keep, the exhibitors locally and luckily there is a big um, contingent of folks here you know the regime and the and Stephen Harris's regime Sawyer and Stephen Harris Jennifer Coutte Rob Garrett people like that um, who are close by and so you know Bill Foster Alex Simmons so we had you know we we had it covered either way and, you know, we got a few thousand people then. And, and I remember talking to Deirdre afterwards when she gave us the head count. And it was like, holy crap, that's really? We had that many people come through? So the next year, it was, you know, then we were like, okay, you know what, David? Yes, if you want to hop on a plane from Portland 
and come down, it will be worth your while. Right. You know, and then it started growing like that. And then the same thing, you know, we always kind of debrief afterwards and Deirdre would always text uh, text us the results afterwards. Like, wow, we had 5,000 come through today. Mm-hmm. And we would all be like, 5,000 people? <laughs> and then, you know, the next year it was like 7,000. And then it was like, okay, you know what? We need to break this up into two days because it was so crowded that um, like I went outside to to stretch and it looked like the new Star Wars was <laughs> was out or wow. like you know people people thought they was online to get a new iPhone or something and wow. I I couldn't believe it like the line literally went down the block and um, looped around back in front of the Schomburg and. It was cold. You know, there was like snow flurries mm. and nobody mm. was fighting. Nobody was complaining. <laughs> and I was like, wow, we really pulled something off. If you got brothers and sisters outside in the snow <laughs> waiting peacefully, right? you know, nobody trying to cut the line or whatever, families in there. Um, so, you know, that, that inspires us to, to just really uh keep it going you know and and you know jonathan gales uh had premiered his his movie there and uh white scripts and black supermen um and you know the panels we had people say hey how can i get uh down with being on the panel for next year uh machindo said that uh, machindo kumba said that someone came from canada just to see him um, so it, it's really become an amazing thing. And again, every year afterwards, we're like, wait, how many people came through? <laughs> and then right. that's why we had to, um, to do Friday and Saturday. And then Deirdre suggested since Friday is a school day, let's have like a educational component. So we start out on Friday. Uh, we have like three or four different schools come and then we present to them. And it's it just keeps getting better. That's dope. That's dope. So, you know, I'm really excited that you're, you're talking about the popularity of, you know, black comics. And it was just announced today that um, Black Panther um, has pretty much, with their pre-sale, has outsold any Marvel movie to date wow. already. Yeah. You know, there was a... a there's a lot of posts going out there, so I'm very excited. I did get my ticket thing. thing yeah, same it, but, here. <laughs> um, which which leads me to sort of uh, my question um, is, what do you feel has changed over the s- six years that you've done this, and, and and the growth of popularity? Do you do you think it's the emergence of more? Um, black superheroes or you know more media attention what what do you attribute to the consistent growth um i think the word of mouth uh you know can't ever be duplicated um because we have guys that come in and they're like listen he says when i left here i told my friend you got to go to this con. It's the best convention I've ever been to. And he says, let me let me explain. I didn't say it was the best 
black comic convention. (laughs) I said it was the best convention because, you know, people get it twisted. Like I remember um, years ago when I had published my first book, uh, once again, Grace was like five years old. And and there was a woman who did uh, like bed sheets and comforters with black characters on cartoon characters, right? And she had this little shop on 125th that was literally like a part of a McDonald's. And I remember talking to her and she ended up getting a contract with Macy's. And she's wow. like, hey, my ship has come in. I'm at Macy's, blah, 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 blah. Talk to her maybe a year later. She was like, that little shop in Harlem, because that's where her people were, outsold Macy's like 10 to 1. Mm. And um, I think that that people do think sometimes that somebody's ice is colder. I'm not saying whose, but somebody's <laughs> ice is colder. And they think that if they go to Javits and they're on Artist Alley and there's, you know, 60 billion people walking through, that that is where they're going to make their mark and popularity and all that. And, yeah, we have maybe 12,000 come through, but it's 12,000 people that want to see you, Mm. you know, and that is a huge difference. To because even sometimes, if you go to like New York Comic Con, sometimes even black folks don't want to buy from you because oh, yeah, they don't want to make that eye contact because they're like, Oh man, we're the only black folks here. I'm gonna feel like I gotta come over and put a quarter in your cup, right? You know, and um, so. There isn't any of that here. So you don't have people taking a long way out or all of a sudden they got to check their Instagram as they're walking <laughs> past you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? So they, they stop at you at my table. Right. Then they walk three feet and they stop at the next table. And then they stop at the next table. And there's not that whole, oh, yeah, I'll be right back. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, what, what time you close? Yeah, okay. Uh <laughs> Do you sell online? Can, can I see your stuff online too? Because that, that's when you know that they're not buying. Right. Um, <laughs> and you got that, all my excuses. You got all uh, my excuses down. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's so much different. So I think when word like that has gotten out, that now people um, are like, look, I'm flying from California. And if I got to choose between, and, and again, we have nothing against San Diego Con. We're not right, right. competing, you know, it's just different. And for some people, this may be uh, what you are looking for. Right. So along those lines, because um, I mean, you, you said something important just in, in the, and that, that anecdote about, you know, the, the, lady who had you know been been selling in harlem and then she had the macy's you know quote unquote mm-hmm. big break and and she realized she learned something from that um right. I, I i think there's definitely a parallel here because while you know 
everyone that you you have participating is is very accomplished and you definitely have people who have worked on mainstream books um right. you know you're you, these are largely uh you know independent creators who who are you know do, doing literally for us by us type work right. you know and what i'm saying and like even even a david walker who's obviously done a lot of mainstream work is still does in indie work too you know what i'm saying and right. so like I think that that is hugely important because obviously everybody who listens to Black Comics Chat knows that we champion uh, ind independent comics, but mm -hmm. I think that uh, it's it it really just I don't know makes me happy to hear that a convention that is like so supportive and is mostly populated by indie black creators is is finding this continued success. So like right. I don't know I just, I just think that that's really important and I, I think that um. It is important to highlight that because, you know, um, you also touched on something in, in just talking about quality because, you know, that's definitely something that we've we've spoken about before. The um, the kind of frustrating way in which sometimes, you know, people will assume that a black comic is of less quality or it's something that people are supporting just because it's created by a black person um but obviously we know that you know there are tons of black people out there that are creating amazing work um specifically in the indie world so what do you right. think um it being that it has been a challenge at times to kind of get our folk to to really uh like like you know be open to seeing the indie the quality indie work that's being created by black people what do you think it is do you, do you think it's just like the right circumstances came together at the at the right time or like what do you attribute this to well um for one thing which i don't know if you guys know but um the exhibitor list is invite only mm. so mm -hmm. you can't uh, just go to Kinko's and knock out the book and then come and get a table and be like, hey, I, I want to sit next to the dude that does Brother Man because he's my idol. Right. You know, it's it's not like that. You know, uh, we don't, you know, and, and we, we kind of scrutinize. And I know it's very... Uh, we open ourselves for someone who maybe cannot get a table to throw some shade, but that's okay. I'm grown. I, I can take it, but <laughs> we're not having a book that, you know, there's typos on the cover, you know, or that mm. you can clearly see that it's Superman, but he's just painted brown. <laughs> you know, uh, there's got to be some thought into it and um you know the editing and stuff so because we never want something that's like oh yeah well you know the brothers and sisters they did the best that they could you know uh it was okay for them you know what i mean and and like lower expectations and stuff because that's just not what we're about we're about quality um but we do have to school the fans too because i remember uh, one year, um, seeing a post and, you know, everyone was like, oh yeah, it's great. It's great. It's great. And this one guy was like, oh yeah, well, you know, I, um, I went through real quick and, you know, there was a bunch of bootleg artists oh. selling their, selling their stuff. And, 
you know, I basically bought a Black Panther T-shirt and then I bounced. And I got to tell you, I know it may be a little unprofessional, but I lit him up, (laughs) you know. And I was like, okay, so bootleg. I'm like, some of these same people like a David Walker, Mm -hmm. um, you know, will write Power Man and Iron Fist. And then write his own book. So what, the quality is going to be worse because it's his own book, you know? And that's that kind of self-loathing sometimes that fuels this. And I'm like, you know, it was just such a negative um, post that the guy had. And then, you know, I, I looked him up and, you know, he was someone that was trying to start his own business. I'm like, well, how are you going to dog us we're doing our own business and then call that bootleg. And then you're also an entrepreneur, you know, like if anyone understands the value of support, it -hmm. should be you. Um, And the other thing, not to beat David Walker to death, but we also have to school our creators and the other creative people, because sometimes as soon as David Walker blows up a little bit, then it's like, Oh, he's a sellout. I'm mm. like, now, mm. I've been teasing Grace that I've been doing stuff since she was five. David Walker's been doing books since I was five. Mm. Uh, <laughs> David Walker, I think, is like 82 years old. <laughs> um, but, you know, he has been in the trenches for so long. Yeah. Um, doing books like Solid and, um, you know, just just some of the other things. And now he gets a couple gigs doing Shaft and some, and you know people have the audacity to be like, "Oh well, you know he sold out or whatever." It's like no other group of people mm-hmm. puts that kind of window on success mm-hmm. that we do, and it just limits everyone, and it keeps you just in the same perpetually poor state of mind. And it's awful. So I, I try to, you know, we all do. We try to correct and, and pull coattails whenever we can to be like, look, you know what? You're telling me that if you got an offer, and not that working for Marvel or DC is the, you know, the Shangri-La, you know, because some people, you know, like uh, Machindo Kumba does his own stuff and does amazing stuff that rivals any work that anyone can do. But he wants to do his own stuff, you know? Um, and that's not a bad thing. So, you know, we, we try to school people where we can to just kind of adjust their thinking a little bit. Got me all worked up now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's good to be passionate about it, you know? You gotta, yeah. Yeah. You know, and along the same lines, um, sort of a follow-up question to what I had before was, um, you know, I get the sense that at least when I was younger, we'd go to Comic-Cons and they were not nearly as commercialized and sensationalized as they are now. Um, and, I, and I get that feeling that, you know, this is sort of an old school type of uh, Comic-Con. Do you fear at some point that it might be get to that point where it's like, oh, now we got to go three days. Now we got to get a bigger place and that it might become a little bit too commercial or is that something you're not going to worry about? The only thing that I'm afraid of 
um, is um, sometimes when you have now like sponsors, you know, mm. like like this mm-hmm. year uh, we have Lexus coming in and they because they have a integral part in the Black Panther movie. So oh. when we first heard that they wanted to be down, you know, just a little wary of, you know, where it would be. Because, again, we are teaching uh, people, our, our fans as well. And, you know, I'm going to see Black Panther day one. So I have n- nothing but love uh, for that. So I'm not anti that at all. But I also know that if we start having boots where it's like, uh, you know, Black Panther uh, and the different Marvel books that some of our people will knock my stuff on the floor to get some uh, some free Black Panther books, you know. So mm-hmm. we, we are trying very hard to make sure that this is a celebration of the independence but we will definitely welcome, um, you know, others. So we we could have, um, you know, like if Marvel wanted to celebrate David Walker um, by doing something for him, that's different than just giving out free uh, Black Panther comic books that then it becomes a shiny object that um, everyone gravitates to that. You know what I mean? So it has to be a celebration of us and what we are doing to that, not let somebody else kind of take it over. Absolutely. Yeah, so that's my only fear. But as long as Deirdre, Jonathan, Jonathan, and myself are, you know, in control of that, then um, I don't think you have to worry about that happening. And I, I will say this. Um, so uh, many of my friends and folks in my circle are not necessarily like into comics per se, but something, you know, there's, or I would say there's many things that the festival is doing right because uh, I want to say back in December, I got this like floodgate of emails and Facebook messenger messages saying, Hey, did you you, hear, you see about this Schomburg Black Comic Festival? Because like they know, like I'm a huge fan and writing dissertation on it. So they're like, "Hey, do you know about this?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I, I know." And you know, for me, I don't I don't say that to them, but it kind of like makes me feel good because it's like if people who are like not into comics are actually noticing this and it's becoming something that's attracting people who are not necessarily in the field, it's like doing something right. And so right. I think to speak to an earlier point that you all were talking about where you know, black folks being kind of like, I don't know if I'm going to buy other black folks stuff. I'm noticing that that people are now like, okay, so who are the black people doing black stuff so that I can, I can go pick it up. So I think there's even like a changing of the dynamic as far as uh, what people are wanting to get and, you know, actively seeking out to it. So I think the festival over time has built, you know, this kind of like, um, credibility and you know yes. this idea of like okay look this we, we legit this is for real you know so yeah so when you talk about how it changed like the first two years you know we as far as our press you know we might have had somebody uh coming up from uh you know 
uh, Darnell's Penny Saver magazine with circulation of 5,000, you know, something like that into us. And then last year, all of a sudden, it was, you know, Fox News and NBC. And then this year, uh, we were already interviewed by the New York Times. Mm-hmm. So that's, a, you know, that's a huge difference than uh, that first year. And then also, not only is it people coming through, but last year there were editors who I knew from big publishers. And I don't mean like comic publishers. I mean like, you know, the Scholastics and and Mm. those kind. Okay. All of a sudden, I'm like, hey, what are you doing here? Oh, yeah, we just wanted to come check it out. So, you know, when you talk about let's see who the black folks are out there, I think they're starting to see that too. Right. Because, you know, it's so easy to be like, oh, yeah, well, we're going to let, you know, this uh, Joe Schmo write Black Panther. And even though he's from North Dakota, where there are no black people, uh, (laughs) because we just don't know, we couldn't find any, (laughs) you know? And we're like, okay. If you want to say that you can't find any now, then you are right. looking. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were. We, there were quite a few people last year that were like, "Oh, hey, I knew you. I met you at an ALA conference," and now all of a sudden it's on their radar. Um, and that's the kind of thing that then gives more of us opportunities to branch out and those that do want to go mainstream uh, can have that opportunity. And again, teaching our fellow creators not to just, you know, block and, and, and be bitter if that's what somebody chooses to do because they work hard. Right. Like you said, I mean, these days uh, you don't have to look for it. I mean, it's, it's thrown in your face. Like, I mean, it's, it's there. So like, I, I tell people, it's like, you don't really have to look too much now because it's like, it's it's there. You can, you know, look, turn on the TV, go on the internet, and it's going to be somewhere. So, yeah. Right. No, I know you had uh, uh, Sheena Howard on mm-hmm. recently. So, yes, there are encyclopedias. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. so. Like, like you're, you're trying at this point if you don't see it, you know. Right. Like, you're you're right. actively. You are. Right. You are that person walking past, <laughs> checking Twitter as you walk past the table because you don't want to see it. Right. Yeah, right. absolutely. Right. And, um, you know, I, I think that uh, there is there is something important about the, the organic way in which you, you grew the festival, you know, with the team, because, um, I, you know, I totally understand your concerns about as things get larger, just being, you know, being wary of not... Uh, not letting the the essence of of what made it special you know be overshadowed but i think that um that care that you have and and that that, that concern you know what i mean like i think that at the end of the day it's going to be all right because the people who are coming there are coming there out of love like you know clearly right you know and it's it's only grown and i i think it's um it is exciting you know and um, and then there's the other side of it that just, uh, you know, you were mentioning the publishers, and I do think that even from a cold, more cynical business perspective, I think, you know, people can't help but see that, um, 
you know, black people are hungry for quality stories that right. that represent us, you know? Right. Abs- absolutely. And that's and helps, one yeah. of the things with the, the Black Panther movie, right. which, right. you know, people are like, well, what do you think of that? Like, I'm excited. And I think, you know, if you look back in five years and the biggest movies of this time were like Black Panther, the biggest horror was Get Out. Get Out, yep. You know, right. um, and these are like intelligently written, well thought out. Um, it opens up a whole nother line so that it's not always like, hey, you know, let's let's green light the next three soul planes, oh. <laughs> you know, or oh. something like that. You know, <laughs> it's like, look, give us give us something, you know, with a little more substance to it. Yeah. You know, and it's it's interesting because, you know, I, I get this feeling that they see this as, oh, it's such an untapped market. And I'm like, mm-hmm. dude, we were always there. Man, exactly. yes. Always there. Yeah. It's just absolutely. crazy the way that is. Yeah. yeah. I remember and, when they were first talking about Black Panther and um, one of the things I heard someone say was like, well, we don't know if black people are going to come and see uh, the movie. Uh, and I'm yeah, keeping my head up. We don't go to the movies at all. Right. <laughs> I'm like, are you for real? Like, yeah. you know, the. This is the concern why it took so long for a Black Panther movie to come to fruition is you don't think we're going to come? Yeah. Right. But so we would go see Avengers and Iron Man, but we're not going to go see Black Panther. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, that makes sense. And even like with the toys, because, you know, when my boys were younger, we used to buy those little um, um, figurines, little superhero figurines. Uh, mm-hmm. It's called the Superhero Squad or something like that. Yeah. And, you know, every pack had a Spider-Man or a Wolverine. And they started doing, like, I mean, C-level ones. Like, <laughs> someone that, that was in, you know, one episode of Tales to, to Astonish back in 1965. And I'm, like, looking for Black Panther, <laughs> Thor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not Thor. Black Panther, Storm. Yeah. You know, um, someone like that, and they—it was years. And I'm like, okay, we got 47 Spider-Mans, 47 this. Can we do one Black Panther? And then finally, they did, I think, a Black Panther and a Storm, but in the same pack. <laughs> so, like, you know, look, if 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 this offends you, you can just skip the whole pack. You don't have to. <laughs> you don't have to get stuck with one oh, while trying to get your Spider-Man. You know, uh, and we were so happy uh, when I finally could get it for my kids, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that you bring it up because just the other day I was in Target and I had my nephew with me. And the first thing I see when I walk in the door is, you know, uh, you know, of course, the baskets. And then to my left were all these Funko Pop Dolls. And it was a whole slew of Black Panther, of Shuri, the actual Black Panther, uh, T'Challa, Nakia. Um, and I was sitting there like, oh, I'm yeah. grabbing all of them. I gra- literally grabbed all of them. And my nephew looked at me like, what? what? I was like, you don't understand. Like, this right here, they may not be here exactly. next week. <laughs> You're right. So I'm about to grab yeah, all these right now. Right. And, and there was like T-shirts and so forth. And it, it clicked. I said, it's that time. Yeah, and I right. said, they are trying to capitalize in every single way. Yep. And so I said, you know, however, whatever it is that they need to do for to get some black Funko Pop dolls. Well, I, I'll, I'll take it. 
And it, it's a TV commercial now. Have you seen yeah. that? Yeah, I've yes, seen that with yeah. the toys. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, with yep. the toys. And you know, I remember uh, it was um, John Jennings that like reposted, and he was like, "I've watched this thing six times already." Mm-hmm. Right, right. <laughs> and you don't understand. It, you know, it's like back in the day. Um, you know, like when, when my pops would talk about how they would sit around and listen to Joe Lewis fight and how it was yeah. so representational yeah. of their people and the struggle. And, you know, it was always hard for me to imagine something like that. Like, wow, this is someone that won. You know, this is this represents us. This is, you know, we're proud of this. Um, and, you know, this is one of those things where, you know, looking and it's like, well, wow, wait a minute, you know, this is like one of the first black toy commercials that I've ever seen. And it is, you know, 2018 post racism, post Obama, uh, you know, and it's like, wow, this is just really pretty amazing. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so one thing, you know, uh, that was notable from from last year's festival was the, the panels. Um, you know, I, I wasn't able to attend last year, but I, the Schomburg Center did something really cool where they streamed all the panels. So I did get to check yes. out quite a few of them. And um, like I just I number one, like just the the, the themes and, and the concepts behind the panels were 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 great. And then, you know, the, the discussions were really, really intriguing. And this year, like I just was was, you know, looking on the website at, at all the various um, you know panels, you know, one of which, I, you know, uh, Grace can definitely speak to because I know she'll be participating. But, um, yeah, I, I just want to, you know, spend a little time talking about the panels because I think you know, just for the listeners, uh, that's another enticing thing about the festival. Oh yeah. I Tell- can, yeah, I, I can get, I can give you a ru- the rundown. Okay. Um, yeah. so Friday we starting at, uh, 10, 15 AM, uh, David Heredia is showing some of his animated shorts. Um, so heroes of color. So that'd be cool. 1045 to 1230. There's super kids. So these are people, uh, such as myself, uh, that do books that feature kids of color. So you got uh, Jamar Nicholas, who does Leon, Protective the Playground. Jamal Eigel does Molly Danger, Micheline Hess, uh, and myself. And then we've got the Black Characters Matter, uh, Social Justice and Representation in Comics, uh, moderated by Deirdre Holman. Uh, we got Dawood Anyabrile, Tony Medina, Stacey Robinson. Uh, Eric Velasquez, who just did a picture book, Sean uh, Berg, the man who built the library. So we really needed to have him there. And Eric is also the one that uh, created the poster art for us this year. He's a pretty amazing illustrator um, and all-around good guy. Um, digging Through the Crates at 3.30, uh, chronicling black comics culture. And that is moderated by Professor William Foster. We got a lot of professors up in this family. Mm, I noticed that. Uh, Right? Yeah. Uh, Professor William Foster. We've got Sheena Howard, uh, Joe Illiage. Now, Brother Ken Ducheek, who is one of the most supportive 
fans, if you have a Comic-Con, if I had one in my basement, I would turn the light and he would be there somehow. This brother is so supportive. And we wanted to show him our appreciation. So we, we have him on the panel where he can get up and speak and, you know, we can, we can uh, share some love with him. Um, and then 515, Florence Kasumba, who is actually one of the sisters in the Black Panther movie. The move uh, or will yeah. be move. Yeah, exactly. Move or you will <laughs> oh, move. Nice. Or, there yes. you go. Yes. Um, is doing their autograph session. Uh, so that's going to be cool. Um, and then you got a Black Panther sneak peek. Now, this is not the movie, so don't come expect to see the movie. <laughs> in, an interview with her and a few clips, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and then 6.30 to 8, so this is a really long day. Um, um, we've got Kevin Young, uh, the director of the Schomburg, moderating a panel uh, with Professor Jonathan Gales, uh, Kenitra Brooks, uh, and Ms. Kasumba again is on there. And uh, Grace, have I missed you at all? Not yet. We haven't got to mine yet. <laughs> okay, you you'll let me know just in case. You know. Yep. Okay. Uh, so that's day one. So that mm. is <laughs> seventy hours of entertainment packed in like you know ten hours. So. Um, <laughs> And then day two, we got the screening of White Scripts Black Superman, uh, Jonathan Gale's movie. That's 10.15 to 11.15. Differential Powers in the African Diaspora, Jonathan Gale's, William Jones, Grace Gibson. There you go. Uh, A.K.A. Carmen Sandiego, right? There you go. Yeah. You got it. So you, you, got you it. learn quickly. You learn quickly. Look at that. Yeah. Hey, I, I've listened to the show. I, I know this. I'm going to be Julian Chambliss uh, from Rollins College. So uh, William Jones from the Afrofuturism Network. Um, so that is 1130 to 1245 uh, with Grace Gibson once again. Um and then 145 to 245 rematch in the past. So this is like historical fiction and alternative stories. So uh, Mike Sargent is moderating, and he does a lot of stuff on TV and radio. Uh, Greg Berner from Tuskegee Airs, which is an excellent book. Ray Felix from Bronx Heroes, excellent book. Kamal Ware from Black Gotham. Uh, Grace, we got cosplay from 3 to 3.30 in case, uh, you know, you're going to dress up. You know, I'm uh, working the nerve. I'm working the nerve. You know, I got, okay. you know, okay. we'll see. <laughs> All right. You can surprise us. Tony Tony <laughs> might get his Voltron on. You never know. You never know. Nice. You never know. All right, Tony. <laughs> um, 345 to 445, the Brown Universe, diverse in comics. So that is Jonathan Gray uh, as a moderator. Uh, panelists include Edgar Miranda Rodriguez, who does Bolivania. Rajiv Anand, who does uh, Laser Man, Marcus Williams, the other half of the Tuskegee Airs team. He's the illustrator. Um, and then we got some learning stuff. You know, uh, Greg Anderson Lease, uh, who does Is Nani the Wear Spider, 5 o'clock to 5.45. 
is um, doing the Kickstarter workshop because you know a lot of us need need to know that that stuff. So we are definitely sharing the knowledge. And then um, 5:45 to 6:45, we have Black Comics and the Digital Community: How Black Geekdom Has Taken Over the World of Social Media with Karama Horn, nice. uh, Regine Sawyer, Tatiana King Jones. Oh. And Kwanzaa Osai Jeffo. I always Os- Os- yeah Osai Jeffo of Black. Yeah. Osai Jeffo. Yeah, yeah, of Black. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's our people. So right there. Yeah. that it, you know we we tried to do the sisters proud. We tried to get you know a little everybody in there, um, and we do just wanted to bring it. You know. Yeah. No, I mean that. That's like I'm mean, the panels alone, you know, and and then you have uh, you're gonna have all the creators. Like it's just, it's the place to be, you know. Yeah, and yeah. and the panels are approachable, you know. Like I remember one of one of the reasons why I give so many autographs is I remember going to like, you know, Big Apple Con when I was like ten and at, seeing my favorite Marvel artist. And asking him for an autograph, and he told me no. That you know, unless I bought his book or wanted to come back in half hour, and mm. maybe he would do it. And I was like, man, <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> yeah, I may be eight, but I'm not. Uh-uh. I don't need it that bad. Right. And you know, you're not going to get that here. You know, um, you you just go up to. I mean, like Dawood, one of my favorites. Uh, who, you know, uh, did brother man does brother man, mm-hmm. and you know, take some pictures, get you know, get your books autographed, that kind of thing, and it is really just like uh, a comic family reunion kind of deal, you know, minus the potato salad. <laughs> <laughs> But potato salad can get kind of controversial too, man. You know? Yeah, because you know we can't have <laughs> yeah, they can. salad. Let's not know? let's not go there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I opened up a whole thing. It's a hot button topic right there. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So that that's that's kind of where we at. You know. Yeah, Friday, people. This Friday. Yep, Friday and Saturday, ten to seven, free admission. So that money that you would spend on admission if you were going to New York Comic Con somewhere you can buy yourself some some t-shirts and books and they're all in there. Yeah. Books. Get that save that Christmas money. There you go. Yeah, there you go, right? <laughs> yeah, and that, that that that's crazy the value too, you know, because it's like, you know, I mean again, not knocking New York Comic Con, but it's like you you pay you can so knock them. You can yeah, knock them. maybe a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, many many knock yeah, but my my point is like you pay so much for that like you know and and you and here like you know people can get in for free and you're just getting getting all this culture this knowledge this experience and like you know I I just feel like value pound for pound this is way more valuable than you know some of those gigantic oh, yeah. cons you know and and even if you are not a comics person per se like I know the energy that I get. From being around that many positive people of color who are just like, oh my God, look at this, you know, right. uh, is such an amazing thing that you don't really see to 
too often. You know, uh, one of my favorite stories, and I'm sure I told you this last year, was um, a woman got up during the panel, and she's like, you know, my son is always drawing mm. and reading comics. I like, hey, you know, it's a waste of time. It's stupid, and you mm. know that kind of thing. And after seeing you guys, and then she she started crying. And after seeing you guys, I'm I'm going to encourage him, and I'm going to, you know, show him some love, and I'm going to apologize wow. for not wanting to support uh, his passion because now I get it, I I completely understand it. And you know, hey, it, it turned into some Doctor Phil, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, therapeutic and, moment. Yeah, right. but we're trying to, you know be one way and wiping tears and all that kind of stuff but it was it was powerful yeah yeah and that definitely speaks to at least when i grow up when i was growing up how you know like even my parents viewed this whole like what are you what are you doing drawing you know what are you doing reading comic books i mean yes my mother got me most of my comic books but it was always this leisure thing it was never Mm -hmm. something you could actually grow up and do Um, so to, you know, just mentioning that story, that's, that's, that's huge. That's huge for the community. Mm -hmm. And it's huge for people like myself, even Mm. because, you know, this can be a really isolative experience. Like I've been working on a graphic novel that I've literally been drawing like 15 hours a day, almost every single day since last January. Mm. So there are like days at a time when I don't leave the house, you know what I mean? Mm. And to then all of a sudden come into that and like, oh, this is why I do it. Because someone is like, when is your next book coming out? Mm-hmm. You know, and it is such a different thing because, you know, sometimes you kind of forget, you know, it's like. Oh yeah, this is this is why I'm doing this. Okay, yeah, let me, you know what? Let me get back up and get up at 7 tomorrow and work on the next chapter, you know. Mm. So it it's definitely is helpful to to the creators as well, you know. Yeah, most definitely. Um wh- what can you tell can you tell us anything about that book you're working on or is that is that top secret? No, actually, um, I am almost finished. It's being colored now, and it is um, a 250-page middle-grade graphic novel uh, being put out by HarperCollins. So this That's is wow, nice. Yeah. yeah. So cool. this is kind of what I have been looking for because I never thought that I would necessarily have a home because when I first looked for publishers. Back in 97, it was such a uh, disheartening and cold experience. You know, it was people saying, oh, you know, we're not looking for this kind of good time sitcom stuff. Mm. And I'm like, my stuff has nothing to do with good times, (laughs) you know. (laughs) And and but that's how they saw it, you know, Um, and so I, that's when I started publishing on my own, and I never even looked to a, a mainstream publisher again. 
And I think with events like this and, you know, the Black Panther movie and, you know, Get Out and things like that, all of a sudden, like we were saying, it has opened other eyes. I said, oh, maybe this is viable. And I showed it to HarperCollins and they were like, wow, yeah, let's let's go for this. So this time next year, if you guys have me back, so Grace, you got to remind them. Uh, Absolutely. You already said it's a tradition. So. Yeah, no, no, yeah, you're going to be the first episode. <laughs> okay, so it, it's called New Kid, and it is loosely based on my life of growing up in Washington Heights okay. and wanting to go to uh, art school, and my parents sent me up to a school in Riverdale, which is predominantly white, predominantly wealthy, uh, and getting on that 100 bus every mm-hmm. morning from Washington Heights, mm-hmm. going to Harlem, mm-hmm. you know, Kingsbridge, Inwood, seeing that the the, the, the uh, buildings change, the people change, and getting up to um, Riverdale where, you know, it was It's a, a different world. It's, it's a different a world different in Riverdale. World. I used to live and in Riverdale. Different world. Did you really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, it's. I mean, it's a area that's so nice that they don't even like you to say that it's part of the Bronx. Yeah, which is yeah, definitely, absolutely. Right. Like, Riverdale, oh, New oh, York. Oh. You're from the Bronx. Right. Exactly. <laughs> no, no, we're from Riverdale. No, you're from the Bronx. <laughs> the Bronx, my dude. Uh, don't let that Starbucks fool you. You're from the Bronx. Right. And um, but it's a story that you don't see. Um, I do think that still a lot of times the stories for our kids are more like, hey, uh, you know, Deja, you know what? Your life really sucks, and we're going to remind you Mm -hmm. of how much it sucks. So here's a story about a kid whose dad's in jail, and this happened, and this happened, and just as she's about to get out, a best friend gets stabbed, and then this happened, and they're like, "Oh my goodness, can we have some escapist entertainment as well too, so that our kids can actually like put their feet up and laugh, and <laughs> you know, aspire to something else besides living to be 18 and not being shot or arrested or something." So. You know, I'm I'm putting a lot of humor in it, but like with everything I do, you know, there's always some kind of social commentary because, you know, there's a way that sometimes a white kid is seen as, you know, confident and that same black kid, that same personality is seen as arrogant, Mm -hmm. you know, or he's got swag, so we need to you know, knock him down a few pegs or something like that. Um, so, like I said, my my editor, Andrew Eliopoulos from um, Harper, uh, saw it and fell in love with it. And it's like, okay, let's, let's do this. And he has let me tell the story that I wanted to tell. You know, I was always worried about getting a contract and all of a sudden like, Hey, you know, this is really good. But, um, that whole thing with the father, yeah, make him have no dad because 
we want people to relate. Like, it's not that kind of story at all, you know? Uh, so, yeah, this is what I've been striving for since, you know, publishing my first book, self-publishing my first book. Yeah, no, we, we'll definitely keep up with you because we, we want to have you back as soon as Absolutely. that comes out. Absolutely. Yeah, and just make sure, you know, when it does come out, make sure that, you know, you hear people call me a sellout because I, I went mainstream. <laughs> oh, no, man. You know, Grace he spoke about that. Riverdale. You know he's a sellout. Right, exactly. Right. Big Fresh Prince looking. Oh, wait a minute. You know? So, nah. that, that's one of my biggest things. I'm like, okay, come on, guys. I put, I helped found the black comic. Don't, don't do that to me. Come on now. You, you know what, though? You know what? Like, I swear, because um, I'm not even going to get into it, but I saw a a Twitter back and forth, you know, yesterday uh, with our people. And uh, there was, it was one of those things where it's one thing when you hear one person express some ignorance, but when you hear other people backing it up, you know, mm. it's just like, man. But I say the positive in that is I realized that, like, some of those negative voices are the loudest, but they're yes. they're not necessarily representative. You know what I'm saying? And, like, I just man like forget those people basically you know what i'm saying like like they they want to be mad at at you or whoever about something so if it's not this it's gonna be something else so yeah it is definitely going to be to something else but we we have to be strong enough to say hey you know what uh no that's not the case right you know i know david walker I know Jerry Craft, I know Machindo, I know Dawood, I know Alex Simmons. And these guys have bust their butt to make sure that we get quality representation right. for, you know, 30 years, you know, uh, 80 years for David Walker, because like I said, he's like <laughs> years old. Right. Um, he's going to hear this. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That, that way I can get him to call me because he's got <laughs> a returning call. Um, but you know what? So that, that's what we really have to be careful of, too, um, and, and not letting those loud voices think that, you know, because people get brave on Twitter, as you know. Sure do. Yep. You know. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of that's my one thing that I'm a little apprehensive about. Do you, man? It's... Yep. Exactly. That's what's yep, uh... that's 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 the plan. All right. Well, we are unfortunately we're 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 nearing the end of our time for tonight. But as we just mentioned, we're definitely going to be having you back, and you know, um, both both for your book and for the the Black Comics Festival next year as well, kicking cool. off kicking off 2019. Nice. Um, but yeah, we plan ahead. We plan ahead a little bit. Hey everyone, this is Marcus, just filling in the blanks, you know, we lost a little bit of audio right there. Um, Basically, I just asked Jerry who he wants to shout out from the Schomburg Center and the other people involved in the Black Comic Book Festival. Oh, uh, Katia 2 Tubman, uh, who works at the Schomburg, has been the uh, wind beneath my wings. She has worked tirelessly. Um... And uh, Femi, who uh, works there, who also, uh, oh, she she makes sure that we get press. 
Yeah. Uh, like this. So she's the one that introduced us last year, I believe. Yeah, yeah, she was, absolutely. Uh, so Femi has been amazing. And then, of course, you know, my partners. Um, and, you know, just people like yourself that, that help to, um, you know, uh, make sure that the word gets out. I, I do, from a personal thing, I want to say if anyone uh, comes up to me to say hi, including you, Grace, please let okay. me know who, who you are. <laughs> you know, Absolutely. because Absolutely. sometimes... I have conversations and people don't introduce themselves mm-hmm. and then they're like, Oh, well you met so so like I did? When? It's like, <laughs> Yeah, we talk we had talk a full blown conversation. Right, exactly. And I'm like, if I knew that was you, I would have had a different conversation. Yeah. Uh so yes, please say, Hey, Jerry, it's me, so and so and then I can because re- I had someone mad at me <laughs> talking about you know, I was, I didn't embrace him and I had no idea who he was. Um, and he never said who he was. So, mm. you know, I, I'd like to avoid that if possible. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that's the crazy thing about, about this social media era we're in is like, I think sometimes people assume that you've looked at all their pictures and memorized their fe- right. facial facial features from every angle. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, it doesn't always mm. translate to real life. So sometimes you do need to to announce yourself so yeah right and then the other thing is like so you have your name okay my name is daquan smith but on facebook you're player hater (laughs) and then on instagram you're like big mama's house you know 22 and then on something else you're this and i can't put all those people together and know that it's you you know, so come up and say, hey, this is me, and we talked about this, and I can I can show you the love that you deserve. Uh, Tony, I'll know you because you'll be dressed as Voltron, so. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Um, all, all five lions. All <laughs> five of them, right. Yeah. Every last one. <laughs> so, yeah, so that, that that's kind of my, my, my one wish. Because on Monday, you'll talk to Grace, you'll be like, I said hi to Jerry Kraft, and he, he, he just walked just, right by me. He just so walked I, right on I by me. His, like... I lit his butt up on Twitter. <laughs> I <laughs> went through my, I said my name, went through the rundown of my social medias. So. <laughs> right, exactly, right. So I told him I was Boo Boo Kitty 22. He didn't know who I was. <laughs> so like, uh, okay. Oh, so, yeah, so that's it. Okay, cool, cool. Um, yeah, uh, Tony, do you have any, any parting words before you hit up the, uh, the Schomburg this weekend? I would say only that I am very excited, uh, to just immerse myself in this, um, as a member of Black Comics Chat. So I'm gonna get there early. I'm gonna introduce myself to everybody, maybe get some interviews. We'll see. Yep. So remember, hey, I'm Tony from Black Comics Chat. (laughs) Red Lion. (laughs) Right, right. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. And 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 Grace, right. uh, what wh- what about you? Man, so I'm still working on this adrenaline of high of excitement. So when I land Friday in uh, New York, I am just gonna be. I'm Grace uh, from Black Comic Chat, G Breezy Twenty on Twitter. Just so you know, hey, put a face to the name, and uh, I, I'm looking forward to just like seeing this event go down and also meeting people and getting whatever I 
can. I might have to get another suitcase because I might have to like, you know, repack some more stuff. Cause <laughs> All those books. Home. I'm ready to spend some dollars. I'm ready yeah. to spend some dollars. That's, that's you, you know, go. you heard it here. So, yep. Spend that free admission, girl. <laughs> there you go. So, but yeah, looking forward to it. Um, very excited. And, um, you know, looking forward to also representing black comics chat as well. Okay, cool, cool. And uh, yeah, I will be there with y'all in spirit. I have have some some family stuff to take care of at home, but I, I will definitely I'm gonna catch as many uh, as many of the events online as possible. You gonna do the the Luke Skywalker and just exactly. Kinda... Whoa, whoa, whoa! There you yeah. go. Somebody, somebody might not. <laughs> no, no, man. That's, that's all I'm saying. Okay, okay. <laughs> I got you. I got you. I got you. Just enough for those who know. Yeah, exactly. For, for those no, who know. For those who know. Yes. If you haven't seen it by now, I don't really. Shame on you if you haven't you. seen it now. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Oh man. Okay. No. Cool. All right. Cool. All right, guys. All right. Well, Appreciate thank, it. Thank you so much, Jerry, and and we'll definitely be speaking to you again. Sounds good. I'll talk to you. Black comics chat.